Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Sharing Out Loud. Today I have with me Wendy Green, but before I get rolling into her interview, I wanted to preface this by saying that the Wi-Fi was not great on Wendy's end, but I didn't want to re-record. I didn't want to fluff it and make cuts and all that stuff because the I'm, I'm getting a little choked up. Um, the conversation was so real, and the woman that I thought I was interviewing or just having a conversation with is not the woman that I ended up having a conversation with. Wendy is an extraordinary human being. Everyone listening to this, get ready to maybe cry a little bit and be humbled and to leave just really thinking, wow, okay, what can I take from this and what more could I be doing with my life? So without further ado, um, please, please share this episode as well, because I, I just think that there are so many women out there who could benefit from this message. So here she is. All right, this is Heather Danby, and I am back for another episode of the Sharing Out Loud podcast. And I'm just looking at this beautiful, smiling face in front of me. I just can't stand it. Um, I am here with Wendy Green, and I started following Wendy on Instagram because she is just a force. She is a 46-year-old, beautiful woman who is so, I'm getting chills, so full of light and positivity. And there's no but in here, I'm going to say. And she is, I'm looking, it says Kingston the Beast Green. So she is, she's going to have to explain that in a minute. Uh, So she is what I would call beast mode, like all the time. So I watch you do your Spartans and your Tough Mudders and your running and your lifting and just all this stuff. So you are mom of four, right? On Instagram. Um, So I'm going to talk about your kids a little bit and how old they are whatever, what influence you have on them and they have on you, we'll get into that. Um, So that is your Instagram handle. But I'm so fascinated by people like you from an outside, also more so inside, but outside strength perspective, because I just have to start with this. So I was one of those kids who my weight was always up and down. I wasn't an athlete, meaning traditional, right? I was a dental skier. I was a water skier. I did all these sports that weren't your traditional sports in school. But gym, I felt like a complete failure all the time because that's how they made you feel back then. It's a, I think things are a little bit different now, or at least in my in my daughter's school. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm so fascinated that our culture, I'm hoping, has turned more towards weightlifting and being healthy and not being skinny, skinny. Um, although I don't believe in in skinny shaming and saying um, uh, strong, not skinny, because I think you can still be like lean and mean. Um, but uh, 
anyway, that's, that's just a little thing that I have, but, um, yeah, I'm just so fascinated by physical fitness and you are one of those people that just is the epitome of strength from the inside and out. So welcome Wendy. Thank you so much for being here with me. Oh, well, thank you so much, Heather, for having me. I'm super excited. And yeah, I remember when you started following me, I would, of course, I followed you back because um, I don't necessarily do follow me, follow you type thing on Instagram. If someone follows me and I look at their account, I'm thinking, okay, this can contribute to a positive source in my social media feed. I definitely follow them back and you do contribute. I love your funny reels and you're just, you're being real. So, okay. I am and definitely real. And oh my gosh. And that's what there's so many things that, you know, they always say, um, social media is like your highlight reel. And I try my best to actually be real on social media. You know, I don't want to be a Debbie Dan- Downer and post every time I have a bad day, yeah. but do try to keep it real, keep it positive. And, you know, I just, my thing is I don't want to be fake. Um, but yeah. I do say thank you for the introduction. And also real quick to explain the Kingston beast. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> When you said that, I was just to bust out laughing. It's actually my youngest son. He's the youngest of four. And while COVID was going on and they had to do Zoom classes, he ended up changing the login to Kingston Beast. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love I it. That it comes up for other people saying that until you just said that. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm glad it said it because that is just, that's kind of how I see. So his name's Kingston. I guess that, but that's, I was like, there's got to be some story, but you are a beast. So I don't know. Well, thank you. But when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I completely forgot that was on Oh my gosh, that is so funny. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, well, and I appreciate you saying that about me. Um, thank you. Cause I do the same. I and some days I think, oh my gosh, I'm just like the goofiest, strangest person, but this is just me. And this is just it's just who I am. And it's the same thing. I am just I am who I am. I actually posted a bunch of um, I did a video and then uploaded it to to stories and it's in all these little pieces and I'm taking on and off clothes and all of a sudden I look and my my hair is like out to here. I'm like, oh my God, I look like a crazy person. But that's okay because it's real, right? Like I have I have crazy hair that's usually like springing off my head. It's neither curly, but it's not straight. It's just fuzzy all the time. And that's just and frankly I don't want to spend 10 hours a day trying to smooth out my hair and figure figure it out. So that's just who I am. But isn't it good when we can laugh at ourselves and not take ourselves so seriously? You know? Oh my gosh, yes. And it's such a good gift. It's like the perfect gift that we can give our children. I don't know if you right. feel the same way, right? Uh, yeah, so, I totally feel the same. Yeah. I, you know, thankfully I want to ask you about so so let's talk about the influence on your kids because um, we talked a little bit about earlier, uh, earlier, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And so now I'm even more, um, I feel like the best that I ever have about being a good influence to my children, especially my son is 19, second year of college, that can be a volatile time, but he, high school, my daughter's 15, she's a sophomore. Thankfully, they both have really good heads on their shoulders. Uh, my daughter is not a follow the leader. Um, 
she's more of, I'm going to march this way and I'm going to march like this. And if you like it, great. Follow me and come along with me, partner with me. But if not, fine, I don't care, you know, because I'm going to find my people. So, but, and, and that's how I am. So I hope that that's the kind of influence that I can have on my children and they don't have to be like me, but if I can just be that sort of positive person um, and they can watch and see what I do and and hopefully that rubs off on them. And I would have to think that who you are with your positivity and your active lifestyle and all of that, um, that would rub off on your kids too. Yes. And I hope so. Cause I'm one of these people, you know, if I'm going to talk the talk, I'm going to walk the walk type thing. Um, and of course I'm far for perfect. You know, yeah. <laughs> I have my moments where as a mom, I think my head starts spinning on top of my shoulders. Four kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I truly, you know, I try to apologize when I'm wrong, but most of the time as a mom, you know, like I am right as a mom, but I do try to apologize right. when I'm wrong and I try to lead by example, you know, yeah. live a healthy life, be confident in who you are, hold your head high, you know, um, and just when, when people come at you with a negative tone or negative, just, I, I tell my kids all the time, look at the source, look yeah. at the source. Are they happy in life? Are they confident in themselves? Are they doing well in life? Because normally misery loves company. And we'll never find anybody working harder than you to bring you down. Yeah. And so I tell that to my kids, you know, Mm -hmm. and we've got two boys, two girls. The girls are our teenagers. They're Mm -hmm. um, 16 and 18. And there's just so much drama with girls. Yeah. Just so much. And I just tell them all the time, girls. Just look at the source, you know, and yeah. so um, yeah, I know that's um, oh god, this made me so angry the other day, Wendy. So I can't say who they are, of course, although who knows, who knows who'll be listening to this, but there are two girls that um, my daughter did know them from her elementary school, and they do you remember that movie Mean Girls? Everybody's yes. still watching it, right? They created that book about everybody, or I don't even remember what it was called, but apparently two girls did that over the summer. And someone that my two people that my daughter knows, no, knew, knew. She still knows them. She doesn't hang out with them. Um, and apparently no one's talking to them now because someone found out about it. I guess they did did a TikTok about it. And I just think. What is, first of all, I think the parents would lose their mind if they, if they knew, uh, I'm not going to say anything because I know the parents, um, but I'm like, what, you know, I just said, you don't talk about it with anybody. You don't, you don't need to gossip about the gossip about the gossip, right? Just, they must be hurting inside and it's really, really sad. And it makes me angry that they would do that to hurt other people, but you just gotta, you know, something something's wrong on on their end of things. So just just know that if right. you're if you're not liking that, then just never ever do do that and be like that. Right. And I tell my kids, you know, if something happens to them and it makes them feel bad or kind of makes them question who they are, I just say, well, now you know what that feels like. Yeah. You know, flip it around. Oh, so now right. you know not to do that. Someone else, yeah. and not saying my kids are perfect. They are still learning and still yes. growing as I, as well. But I do. I feel like life is just 
lots of tests that we're constantly yeah. giving. Yeah. And it takes, sometimes it takes us several times to learn yeah. <laughs> from the lessons from that test. But I mean, we just constantly have to be learning and growing and just think, wow, that person didn't make me feel very good with how they treated me. Yeah. Gosh, have I treated anyone like that? Wow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Let's, let's take a step back then. Um, we'll get back to your children in a little bit. So again, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you is to learn more about your fitness story. Um, I have to tell you, I, okay. I try to not be judgy, Miss Judgerson. Um, you have from looking at you, like if I were to see you in a nice dress walking around with your, you know, your Southern accent and you're so pretty and I'd be, I just wouldn't see the beast, the beast green that I see. And I, I mean, it's terrible. I'm not judging in a bad way. It's just sometimes we have these perceptions, right, of people. And then um, you just go, wow. So how the heck did you get started in this fitness journey? I'm just, I'm, I I just, I couldn't find it anywhere. I think I've looked a million times in your Instagram. So I just want to hear it from the stores. Oh, sure, sure. So I was not an athlete growing up. Uh, you know, in school, I wanted to be an athlete. I wanted to cheer. Um, and I wasn't allowed to do that. Neither one of my parents came from athletic backgrounds. Okay. And so when I wanted to do that in school, tennis, cheer, things like that, my parents did not agree with that. And mm-hmm. they said, you know, I could work. And so they instilled in me hard work. Mm-hmm. In the summertime, it was, you need to be up by six o'clock. If not, you're wasting the day. You'll never have anything if you're new. And so um, my dad, he had a lawn care business, always Mm -hmm. worked two or three jobs. He only had a third grade education. Um, And so he just still instilled hard work. And his lawn care business, I would go to work with him. And I remember, you know, during the summers when I was out for school, and I remember the first summer I was working with him. And sweat, I think I was like in middle school by this time, sweat was running down my face <laughs> into my eyes. And I thought, and my eyes were burning. And I thought, what is happening? <laughs> I completely thought it sucked because I had so many friends. The cheerleaders were practicing for cheer during the summer. They were riding around. And I was so embarrassed to go in these neighborhoods and cut grass with my daddy. Oh. And, um, you know, we came, we're from a small town and I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, this sucks. And this is so embarrassing. Mm. But the seed that that planted in me was just embrace the hard work. And oh my gosh, at the end of the day, it feels good that I worked all day, sweat running into my eyes. And mm. I felt that, that, um, gratification in the day that I did some hard work, you know, yeah. and so that just continued. Mm. And then And um, as a teenager, I became a mother two days after turning 17. Oh, my gosh. I did not know that. Wow. Yes. And so that um, that created an inner grit in me to Mm. get society um, because I remember I'm making emotional talk. 
this sorry no oh, no i want to hug you oh my gosh this must be so this is your oh. oldest son who this is why i always i actually i have to i have to just interject real quick and tell you it's always made me and i'm getting chills a little sad because i know it says happy healthy mama four and i'm like where's the four i've only ever seen three and so in my head i'm like did something happen did a baby die like so this is all making sense now we just don't see yeah. your oldest on instagram right. i know you don't post yeah. about your kids all the time but i've seen the other three so yeah my oldest is 29 now he's married and he's doing very well in life um but yeah, so I remember after I had my son, it was, um, you know, small town and an older lady in our community had clipped out an article in a newspaper and mailed it to us talking about teen moms, how they wouldn't graduate from high school, they wouldn't go to college, um, and then they would just continue the cycle. If they had a son, he would probably go to jail if they had a daughter then she would probably continue cycles of teen mom. And it was just a gut punch. Wow. Um, first of all, because I felt like a negative light was shed on our family because teen pregnancy wasn't as accepted then as a, you know, I guess it's more accepted now. Um, but it was just such a difficult decision, you know, of in the beginning, do I keep this baby? Do I not keep this baby? I want to keep my boyfriend, but you know, his, Family, I don't want to shed a light on it. It was just so much to go through as a 16, 17 year old. Um, but that article was actually good fuel for me to be like, you know what? I'm going to prove these people wrong. Mm. I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm graduating from high school. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to do what I need to do. So um, that's when that hard work ethic kind of helped me out. <laughs> that yeah. seed that was, I started to, um, to, start to reap that. And I went to college and I actually put myself through college working two and three jobs. Um, you took Kate now were your parents supportive? Did they help you with the um, baby? They were, they were supportive. I did stay at home when my son was young. Um, and my mom, you know, my, the baby would cry at night, need to be fed, all that stuff. And my mom left it to me to get up, to take care of him, to feed him. And as a selfish 17-year-old, I'm like, why don't she just get up and help me with this baby at the time? Well, you were but, a baby yourself. Oh, my gosh. Right. But I'm so thankful that she held me accountable. You know, yeah. it was my choice to be sexually active. I, it was, I need to take care of this child. Um, so I'm very grateful for that now. But, yeah, they helped me out. And then when he was four... I was ready to move out on my own because I was a parent being, they were trying to parent me while I was trying to parent my son. And it was just, yeah, I was an adult by that time, you know, because I had the adult responsibilities and all that stuff. And so when I was 21 and he was four, we moved out on our own and um, I ended up putting myself through college as um, went to the local tech school to become a dental hygienist okay. and graduated. The 4.0, I was president of our dental hygiene class, um, and I worked while I was going to school. I look back on it now, Heather, and honestly, I'm like, how in the world did I do that? How did you do that? But I think I was just in survival. Yeah, yeah for sure. Wow. And so, I, 
Go ahead. Yeah. So I just, I just had that grit of you keep going, you keep going. And, and then when I was in college, you know, girls that I was in class with are like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe we have this exam coming up and I got this. And, and I'm thinking in my mind, like, oh my gosh, I'm working two jobs. I've got a son when I get home. I've got this. And I just felt like they were making so many excuses. Now, don't get me wrong. I know each person's journey is specific to them. But at the time, I felt like I was carrying the weight of the world and I would look at their situation yeah. and think, it's so easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah. So, I think I got off the track of your question. <laughs> no, my gosh, not at all. Because I was not expecting this. I did not know this about your story. This isn't why I asked you to do the podcast. So, this is like mind blowing. And um, first of all, I have so much respect for you. A couple of things. I started working when I was, tried to start working when I was 12. So, but you had to have a, you had to be 13 to be, have a worker's permit and I have August birthday. So um, I worked like a couple of weeks at this ice cream place and then had to stop, but I had always babysat and all of that. But then as soon as I turned 13, I started working again and I've worked, every, you know, every day since. So same work ethic. Um, and I came from a family that sounds like we were different than you all. Um, but it's interesting. I did just, I did just find out the other day that my dad didn't take a salary for more than a a year, year and a half, something like that. And I was like, how did I not ever know this? And that's why my mom who was staying home for a bit with us went back to work. And I was like, I didn't know this. I didn't know this was a part of my dad's story, my mom's story, my story. Like, it's so interesting. So I always wanted my own money and there was always a drive in me. You know, I think they encouraged us to work and I, they weren't making me work during that time, certainly, but it was the same thing. If you want things, if you want, you need to earn your way. And my parents always worked. It was the same thing. My mom worked through college. She was a resident, um, an RA, and she also had another job, right? So yeah. And I think it's a real problem when um, it's a big thing in this city that before COVID, they didn't hire until kids were 18. Now it's sometimes 16 and 17, but that to me is still too late. Like we need to teach kids early on, still let them be kids. I'm sure you know, I'm, I'm glad your parents instilled that in you and, and all of those things happen. But, you know, kids before you were pregnant, I mean, kids still have to be kids, right? So there has to be some balance. And that's why there are laws in place with only a certain number of hours and all that. But I think every kid should work. My, oh, my brother, I'm, right? Yeah, I'm a believer. I mean, my kids, I'm the one that here at home, I'm like, they say I could be in the military. I'm like, controls. but I so believe in hard work and responsibility because there's so many lessons that come from that. Yeah. You know, you can discipline yourself when you don't really want to do something, you do it yeah. and get the job done. And you look back on well, that wasn't too bad, you know, yeah. or yeah. so, yeah, but, but so going was, back to go ahead, go ahead. I'll ask in a yeah. minute. So to how I got started was developing that grit. You know, I didn't do sports and then I was yeah. young, young mom. And then, um, you know, I, I would used to go walking mm-hmm. down our, I never considered myself a runner or anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I used to go walking. I would do the, you probably remember a Tybo that was popular. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the VHS totally. Tapes. With the VHS tapes. Yes. 
do that in my oh. living room. I used to do the Crawford workouts, the Jillian Michael, things like that. Um, but fast forward many years. So I've always had some type of, I loved being, you know, somewhat fit. Yeah. Um, yeah. For many years after having our third child, um, I went through horrible depression. Oh. And as I look back on it, I think it's a lot of the stuff I never dealt with yeah. growing up, being Absolutely. a young mom, being, being a young wife, and we moved to a very rural area. We live in a on a beautiful piece of land, but we don't have neighbors close by. When I first moved here, I didn't have anyone, so I felt alone, like an on an island. And so um, I just didn't have that outlet because I'm a very social person. So after having our third child, I just went into horrible depression and I felt like I was constantly exhausted, tired. Um, My husband, he just, he always did his own thing. He wasn't here. And when I would say, I need help, I need you to help me. He'd be like, Oh, you got it made. Look at this beautiful house I built you. Look at that car you're driving. You, What do you have to complain about? Yeah. So then I would turn to myself and think, I'm the problem. Oh, oh my God. gosh. And so I just convinced myself, if I could remove myself from this world, everybody else would be happy because I'm the only unhappy person. So I actually planned my suicide and thought, I'm going to go through with this. And I went through different scenarios of how I could get rid of myself that would not affect my older son when he got from home from school and found me. And I finally decided, okay, on Wednesday, my girls will be at their nanny's house. They won't be at home. Oh my God. This is my, this is how my mind went. I'm going to clean our entire house Mm -hmm. because what, People will come to our house and God forbid see a dirty house because then I'm going to be an awful mother and wife. So while my girls are at their nannies, I will clean this whole house. Then I will go in the garage, put the door down, turn the car on. So when my son comes home, he'll think mama's asleep in the car. That's how warped my mind was. Mm -hmm. And then everybody will be happy. And I was actually... In the middle of trying to clean house, I had not showered in days, looked horrible. And my husband just happened to stop by and he said, what is wrong with you? And I said, today's the day. Today's the day. Wendy. And he said, Uh, you need help. And so I, um, he knew he needed help, but yet I drove myself. To my nurse practitioner, I told her and I told her of all the many ways I thought about ending it. I mean, there were so many times, Heather, I was driving down the road with my hand on the steering wheel thinking if I just do a quick turn, I could go off that embankment. And I'm having to say, no, no, just keep it straight, keep it straight, keep it straight. Because I also thought, Wendy, what if you try to wreck and kill yourself, but you end up paralyzed the rest of your life and you have to deal with that, you know? Like, I, that's how analytical I was in my thinking. And so I went and the nurse practitioner said, uh, you're not leaving this office. Yeah. And your husband's coming to pick you up. And he's going to take you to the mental hospital. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm fine now. I'm fine. I need to get home. Oh my like, God. The kids are coming home. I need to do this. And 
And she said, you are not leaving here. Wow. And she called my husband. He was over an hour away. He came and picked me up. And I told him, I said, you will not leave me at this mental hospital. Mm-hmm. So he takes me, they took me back for evaluation and I lied about everything. Oh, geez. Because I did not want to stay there. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought if I'm out, I'm not going out of the mental hospital. I'll just, you know. And so um, my husband, even though he knew I was in a bad spot, that night he invited my sister to come while she brings her young boys. And he bought this pizza and he leaves and he goes to hunt. And that was his thing. Hunting, fishing, golfing. Oh always do. I literally was at home going, I'm about to lose my freaking mind. And now not only do I have our three kids, I've got two more little boys and I've got my sister and I'm so overwhelmed. And then the next morning, everybody need breakfast cooked. And then my husband and I'm just like, I'm going crazy. And so I got to the point to where I was like, listen, you please give me 30 minutes once a week to go walk. I was asking for one day, 30 minutes out of seven days in a week. Oh my God. It would interrupt his time. And in that 30 minutes, I would go walk, Heather, and I would cry. I would pray. I would just break down completely. Oh, my God. And I cried, and I felt so good. <laughs> um, and then I would say, can I please get two 30-minute times during the week? Because my husband's a huge hunter. Yeah. And this was their season. And he would say, you know, and it was I completely was drowning and I felt like I was in a deep, dark hole and I could look up and I could see the light up top. But part of me had no energy or desire or strength to even try to climb to that top. But getting outside for that 30 minutes just helped. And so once a week for 30 minutes turned into twice a week for 30 minutes turned into I found these women who um, worked out at the local park twice a week. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go work out with them. So working out with them, I started getting friendships. Of course, you know, when you work out, move your body, it's so good yeah. for our mind. Yeah. And um, yeah. and that started happening. And then it came time for turkey season. My husband's a big turkey hunter. And mm-hmm. he said, okay, you got to, you got to bring it back home at night because I'm turkey hunting and I'm not watching these kids. And so <laughs> I told my friends I worked out with, I was like, hey, y'all, I'm not going to be able to work out with you during turkey season because he's going to be hunting. Mm-hmm. And of course, they were like, I cannot believe it. I was like, yeah, this is, he really enjoys it, blah, blah. And so I made a Facebook post about um, taking the month off my husband's turkey hunting. And he found out about it and got very upset. And I oh. said, well, why are you upset? He said, why would you do that? I said, but that's what's happening. Like I can't go work out, but going hunting. And I think it made him realize that that was kind of a jerk move on him. Wow. And he's like, okay, we'll stick two nights a week kind of thing. Um, and so I kept that up with the girls I worked out with. And then I started a running group on Saturday. I didn't start one. I joined a running group on Saturday mornings. And from that, they asked me to do a Spartan race. Oh my gosh. And I said, y'all, there's no way I can do that. I can't even hold my body weight on pull-up bar. 
And I'm like, let's just do it. It's for fun. It's for fun. Um, and how, and how, old were you, how old were you at this point? This was 2015. Okay. So this was eight years ago. So eight, I was. You were like 38. 38. Okay. Yeah. 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 And um, I went and did this race with them. I failed so many obstacles on the Spartan course. <laughs> But I felt alive, Heather. And when I jumped that fire, you know, Spartan has a fire jump as your finish line. There was a warrior that woke up inside of me. Wow. And all the mud I like dug through in the mud pits. and It just was so in line with the muddy areas of my life that I had to dig out of my entire life. From things that happened in childhood to pregnancy as a teenager to being a stay-at-home mom and wife that dealt with a bunch of stuff that sometimes I'm like, why did I even put it up with it? You know? And I was like, oh my gosh, this makes me feel alive. This is for me. I'm stronger than I think I am. And that just led to, I need to train more and I need more of this in my life. Um, Kind of went from there, you know? And so, but long story short, with every race I did, I held my head a little higher. I walked a little taller because I'm like, I, Am I am strong. I do need yeah. to be here. I do need to fuel my body and take care of my body. And you know, and and I also got more of a voice to speak up for myself when it came to whether it be my husband or other people. Like, you know, yeah, I, I do need more than two 30 minute times during a week. I do, you know. Yeah. Um, Are you still married? Thank you. Yes, I am still married. <laughs> um, I thought so, but some, I had to ask. Yeah, we've gone through some rough patches. And, you know, for a while there, I would bury a lot of that. Because anytime I try to speak about it, it was, you got nothing to complain about. You got nothing to complain about. You got, but on the inside, I'm like, you don't understand. I don't. And so um, we have definitely, you know, had our moments of things to work through. Um, and now my husband, I have to brag. I mean, he's not that man he was. And we've, we've had a lot of tears shed and a lot of deep talks because like, you know, I'm ashamed of how I treated you, you know, back then. I just, I didn't know any better. Bravo. Bravo for him though. I mean, and I am so proud of you for sticking to it. I mean, sticking to your guns. No, I need this. And thank God you put it out there on Facebook. Thank God. Maybe you weren't so oblivious in a way. Maybe deep down you were like, I, you know, this is kind of a dumb move. I need to, you know, who knows? But I'm, I'm so glad that, wow, that's, it's, wow. I I don't even know what to say. Yeah. (laughs) But it's one of those things, you know. What what's the saying? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You know, it's it's definitely been um, a test of strength and fortitude, mentally, emotionally, physically, on all levels, yeah. for quite some time. Um, but hopefully, we're <laughs> on the ups upside of that now. Yeah. Marriage, but, is, um, you know, marriage is hard work. And my husband and I, um, especially because of my drinking, I can't believe that he even stuck around. And, you know, marriage is just not easy. And people, some people are more selfish than others. 
you know, um, and my husband in terms of understanding mental health is gets a little frustrated and I wouldn't say that he completely understands it. Um, but he does make an effort and he, for sure, for sure with my sobriety, I'm like, I have to go to a meeting, you know, like tonight he's going to go, we were going to book because we do most things together. Um, but sometimes you have to divide and conquer, right? So it's, you're going to go to Harper's school meetings tonight to meet the teachers and learn about the syllabus. I don't really want to do that. I want to go to my AA meeting because I'm going to choose not, it's not selfish. It is, if you want me to be a good figure in this household, I have to go and fill my cup. Let's divide and conquer. This literally fills his cup to go into the education space that does not fill my cup at all. So you go fill your cup, get excited about it. I'll go fill my cup, right? But I'll have to tell you, um, I get it. Um, let me also, I just want you to know, I'm going to start to cry. You are not alone. I had terrible, terrible postpartum depression. I can't even remember how much I talked about that in my the episode that you listened to, um, the episode that I was on my friend's podcast. But that is what started uh, a good portion, kind of triggered some some drinking patterns. And I remember lying on the floor next to my son's high chair after my husband left for work in the morning and just sobbing. I've tried to commit suicide. Um, I had put my postpartum lasted two and a half years and I had it. It was the exact same time that Brooke Shields came out with her book called down came the rain. I don't know if you've heard of it, but um, it was awful. Watch her. If you have Hulu, watch her documentary documentary. It is, you'll just sit with your jaw. Talk about childhood trauma and all the stuff that she's been through. It's her life is wild. And then she had, couldn't get pregnant. She, I don't know she went through like six rounds of IVF, maybe more. And then she had the baby and had zero connection, zero. And she talks about being in the car and imagining it was either a cliff or a wall and just driving into it with her baby in the car. So, but so I, w- I want you to go back to and listen to Susie Freeman. I actually interviewed her a couple of weeks ago. She tells your story. That was her. She actually oh, called wow. suicide ideation. And she had the same thing. I'm going to plan all this out. And she said, what stops a lot of people is the mess or what are people going to think when they find me or I can't, it's not right. So, oh my God, Wendy, you have to go listen to it because crazy enough, it is more common than you think. So you are not alone. And I, I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful. So thank you for being open and honest about this because even me looking back on my time with all of my depression and suicidal thoughts. And I mean, from the time I was a teenager, there's nothing worse than feeling like you're the only one on the planet that feels like this and no one else is going to understand. Or if I tell someone, if I tell my husband and I want to go on medication or try and solve it in X, Y, and Z way, he's not going to understand. So he's not going to be supportive. Right. So 
it's it's a tough, tough position to be in. And as a mom, not even just as a mom, as a woman, I don't care if you don't have kids and you just have a partner, you get stuck. You, I'm sorry, stuck. You get stuck doing everything. So I you know there is the latest episode of Sex in the City. It's the very last episode on this season two of the newest Sex in the City. Charlotte actually looks at her husband because he's supposed to, she goes back to work and he's supposed to be helping. And she looks at him and goes, you are doing the minimal of the minimal possible. I'm paraphrasing it. So it was something like that. She's like, you're doing the minimal, but then you're doing the minimal of the minimal of everything that I normally do on a daily basis, right? So it, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that your husband put you through that. I'm glad you've worked on it. I'm glad that he finally woke up because there are a lot of men who don't and then the women stay or I, I don't know, the stuff just blows up. So A, I'm thank you for telling your story. So many women are going to be able to relate to it. B, I'm so happy you're alive and you decided. I'm glad that your husband came home that day. That was divine intervention. I remember my husband coming home after Nolan was born and my hair was matted. I hadn't showered in days. So I was laying on the couch from trying to breastfeed. My milk didn't come in. And I, he's like, you need, you need to move in with your parents. So he drove me or my parents came to get me and I moved in with my parents for five weeks. Yeah. I was I a mess. And I was yeah. still a mess with postpartum after that, but it was, um, I couldn't, I don't know what I would have done had I not even little things like, well, I can't, I, if I go out with the baby, I have to take the dog. I mean, or I have to make dinner or I have to do, I couldn't just take the baby on a nice stroll and not worry about dinner and call and say, you know, let's just do takeout tonight. There's something also I think about our type A personalities where it's like, we just have to take it all on. And God forbid we actually say, I need some help. Well, even you just have 30 minutes. It's like, of course, you should have an hour every single day or more. And I have a couple of things to say. I look back on that time and even though that was me, I feel like it was such a different person because I'm so far from that. I hear you. I have grown so much. Also, I look back on that and I don't, of course, it still hurts the way my husband handled it and he wasn't there, but I'm also thankful because it really made me become stronger as a person. It made me, it made me pull up my big girl pants and be like, you know what? Yeah, I can do this, you know, it, from being a single mom and, um, my son's father wasn't, wasn't around much, um, as a single mom. So I learned how to work two and three jobs for myself, to care for a child, to put myself through college because I couldn't rely on a man. And, and so, and then with my husband, but I've learned instead of looking back with that on that with anger, to be like, Mm -hmm. you know what? Thank y'all. Thank y'all because you made me realize the strength I have inside. So, um, I get it. For a long time, I held anger. Mm-hmm. towards my oldest son's father because mm-hmm. like it's just not fair you got to go off and go to college you got to go off and do everything and you didn't have a red letter attached to you whereas yeah. me being a single mom I 
pregnant. People would look at me. They knew I was a teenager. I had a child with me, but he got to do what he wanted to do. Yeah. I've learned to forgive him. I mean, everything happens for a reason yeah. and it's made me a better person for. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's a difference in how we look at those situations. I, I agree with you. Um, I, not everybody can do what you just said, first of all. Um, so there's a lot to be learned from you. Um, some people certainly would walk away or like you said, be angry all the time. And I say a lot with my addiction in recovery that, and your husband would say this too. So I can actually sympathize a little bit with your husband. So, you know, I, in a way it's kind of the opposite, right? So like I'm your husband and my husband is you. So it's the things that I did in the past, I can't take back. All I can do is be a better person and look forward, right? So, and right. he, he, you know, he, yeah. So I, I did those things. So he has forgiven me. It took like a good two years before he trusted me again. And and our situations are different that way, certainly. But, you know, it's, if you love someone and you want to make it work and you believe in that person, um, then you can move forward and you can't look back. I mean, I think it's good to look back every once in a while or I can see my behaviors, not even my behaviors, because I'm certainly don't ever want to drink again, but my, um, you know, my emotional state sometimes can get a little wonky and I have to really check myself because I don't want to be that person mm -hmm. that I was. Cause like you said, I, I'm not that person anymore. So, and I learned a lot. Um, and I work on myself every darn day. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what sets some people apart when they look back and they know, okay, yeah. I need to be better than what I was. I need to work. Whereas, you know, some people I think have a harder time with that and they just kind of sit back into, I can never do that. I'll never be able to do that or yeah. kind of wallow in that in that negative space or what I call stinking thinking, you know? Yeah. And it really is hard to pull yourself out of that and go, okay, I will not allow that to define me. I'm going to be better. I'm going to look at it as a source of strength. So, yeah. yeah. So how do you, um, again, like you said, you try and be positive and you, you've certainly seen that way on Instagram. And I, I do believe that if you weren't all the time, you either wouldn't post or you, you would post because you're real. So what uh -huh. are you, what do you do these days then? Do you, do you ever get, like, do you ever have some of that bad, either stinking thinking, or do you still get down? I remember seeing you specifically and, um, about you were, I think you were talking about medication versus, you know, getting outside and exercise, or you were just saying exercise can be, you know, it's endorphins and, and can help with depression. So right. I find, and I'm going to lead the question with this and just give you an example from me. I still have a hard time. I am on a tiny, tiny bit of Zoloft. It also helps with my menopause, <laughs> pre-menopause and then menopause, which can completely get derail women and get ruin their lives. I mean, so I'm happy to be on it. It's the only thing that's ever worked for me. Um, because even with 
stopping drinking and my workouts, the hot yoga, the, you know, the hit workouts, the heavy lifting that I do, I still definitely have, um, I have the brain that sometimes gets off track and I can be down. I wouldn't say horribly depressed like I was when I was drinking, but I can get, I can, I can do a, a dive and it's hard to get out of it sometimes. Right, right. And I'm right there with you. Um, I don't know if you know when I get in those darker moments, I don't post frequently. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people have noticed that I went for a bit only because I do want to try to keep it positive. Yep. Um, I want to be real, but I don't want to be. I don't want to put, you know, every now and then I'll put something out about times or things like that, but I don't want it to be on a constant basis. I'd rather be positive. So I feel like if I don't have anything good to say, then I just kind of go dark and go back to the shadows of social media thing. But um, I do, I still suffer with things like that. For the most part, I'm usually upbeat because I've learned we are what we eat. We are what we think. We are what we drink. We, you know, physical activity. And so when I feel the heaviness of life creeping in or emotions or just dealing with things that were buried and they kind of bubble back up, Mm -hmm. I deal with it, feel it. And then I know how to combat it. Wendy, are you getting sleep? Wendy, are you getting outside? Wendy, are you just going outside and putting your feet in the grass and just getting connected back? <laughs> and, and so um, yeah. to, to answer your question, I still go through those kind of low spots in life. Um, but I feel like now I have tools to combat it even more um, than I did before. And I have to tell myself, focus on your gratitudes. And that was one thing when I was trying to get out of that dark depression press season, I guess you could say. Um, someone suggested to me, write down five things every morning that you're grateful for. Yep. And sadly, Heather, when they told me to do that, I was such a, only five things I could think of were my senses. Okay, I'm grateful to see, I'm grateful to smell, I'm grateful to hear, I'm grateful to taste, mm-hmm. I'm grateful to touch. And for like two weeks, I wrote down my five senses. Even though I had healthy children, I had a roof over my head, a bed to sleep in. It was like, that's all I could think of. Yeah. So I try to do, when I wake up in the morning, I have two alarms set and they're five minutes apart. Okay. One is kind of like, okay, get up. And I know I have five minutes. I'm laying there in the next five minutes. I start going over so many things I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. Thank you that our house was safe last night. Thank you for thank you that our family made it home safe last night thank you and I just go for that five minutes and yeah. I really think that sets the tone and you know we are what we think so yeah just so about it no I love that I have a couple stickers that I have in um I have multiple sayings around the house so my good friend Kara um is a yogi and a Reiki master and so every time she'll give me cards and then she gives me, um, she'll, she'll pull like a little, um, 
it's a card and it has a word. So, um, you know, self-care, love or spontaneity or all these things. So I have those all around the house, but then I have these stickers that I kind of put on my mirror for this, you know, the same type of thing. So, um, and, you know, I love talking with people like you because through so much adversity you have overcome and to see that you're truly grateful. Um, it just goes to show you that if you, if you, if you do the hard work, because I, I do believe it's still some work to say what you're grateful for. Cause like you said, you could only think of those five things, right. For two weeks, right. So it does take some work to think about it, but then as you build upon that, you know, stepping stone, then it becomes more habitual. And I think your, your mind sort of expands and you can become more open to all of, all of the things that, you know, you can see beyond that. Um, so does your husband ever work out with you? No. So he, um, it's funny because he was an athlete in high school. Okay. Um, in fact, he's gotten recognized since he graduated and he's been in like the, his high school hall of fame. He, uh. he, he had he need to play ball in college, but he didn't do that. And, and so through our marriage, he never really worked out where I wasn't the athlete, but I got into being a competitive athlete now. But um, I would say in the last, let's see, it's August. So the last six months or so, he has started working out yeah. and he has, he was, a, he's been a smoke. We've been married 21 years and he has smoked over 21 years. He has quit smoking cold turkey. He actually quit the Saturday before July 4th. So it's going on. That's this hard. Saturday will be like eight weeks. That's hard. It's so hard. And with every, so hard. With every pregnancy, oh he gosh. quit. And he did. And each child would say, Daddy, if I make honor roll, will you quit? Oh, yeah, I'll quit. And he just couldn't quit. But there he has made such wow. a positive change in the last several months. You know, he has... um quit smoking cold turkey. He's getting up by 345, four o'clock. He walks with the headlamp on. Then he goes to the gym and he works out. And he has made just a drastic change. It's almost like the, you know, the things that I've wanted him to do, not out of control, but out yeah. of love for his health sure. and for his well-being. And, and he has started doing those things. And he came to me yesterday and he's like, I feel better now. Than I have felt in years, and it's almost like, oh, yes, you. <laughs> what? Why the change? What happened? Why the change? To be honest, it was just one of those things. You know, we were living such separate lifestyles. Mm. You know, he was in the morning stopping at the gas station, buying a Pepsi, buying a pack of cigarettes, mm. and gas station breakfast. Um, he was unhappy with how he looked. He was unhappy. And I'm like, look, you just, you got to put in the work. And I'm talking about being healthy and fit and I'm feeling like I'm 20 something and, you know, and, and plus just issues in our marriage. And he's, he finally said, I want to be the man that you want me to be. I want you to look at me the way I look at you. And he said, I'm willing to fight for you and do whatever I have to do to change. And so, yeah, 
Um, he's just, it, it's like, he's a different person. Wow. Do you think he'll ever participate in one of the races with you? Um, well, he's done, I think two. Oh, okay. Within the last, you know, it's probably been seven, eight years since he's done a race. Um, okay. but he just says, that's just not something he's interested in, but we are both interested because we keep saying we need to do something together because yeah. for the longest time we've kind of done separate things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're both very interested in something called the tactical games. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. The tactical what? It's called the tactical games. So yes. it combines shooting gun at different targets. Plus you have a, you know, a weighted vest. Yep. You're having to do rope climbs with your weighted vest. With your... And so um, I think we may, we've been training. Um, and I think we may try to do that together because that's something we both enjoy. It's physical, but it's not the long mileage of the races that I do. Okay. But you're shooting a gun, which he loves. And kind of combines what we both like. That's so cool. I have to ask my brother about that. So my brother used to do the Spartan races. He lives in Burlington, Vermont. And um, I think he was first in his age group at, at one point. Um, and I think they were going like up and down Mount Killington. It was it was insane. Um, but my yes. brother, yeah, but my, uh, my nephew is an army ranger now. And so my brother has taken up shooting uh, some years ago when when my nephew decided to go ROTC. And then now he's um now he's an army ranger. My brother has gotten super interested in guns. So I'll have to ask him about that because I can totally see him doing something like that. He's always running with his weighted vest and, yeah. and he does a, he does a lot of the army training that that my nephew does. Yes, yeah. it's very military style. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. So yeah. you like to so do you actually go out and shoot with your husband or do you just shoot at ranges? Yeah, so thankfully we have a good bit of property, um, and so there's some property that um, my in-laws recently bought, and it actually there was a shooting range on that property. And so there's been a couple times now um, my husband has gone up, gone out there to surprise me, and he set up different obstacles, different targets, and we'll go out there and just. And I'm one of these people, even though I'm. T- I'm a planner and I'm type A. Sometimes I like to sit back and let someone else do it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and he's never really been one to do that. You know, I've always kind of been the lead in the family to get things done, get the job done. And so there's been three different times now where he has of up our days of going out on the property and just training. And I love it, but I don't have to think about it. It's, That's amazing. You know, he takes the initiative doing it, and I and I like that. You know, yeah. So yeah. we just go out there, and, pray and um, it's just fun. That's great. Do your kids do that with you? No, they have. In fact, it's so funny that you say that. So Labor Day is coming up on Monday, and we were talking about we need to do something as a family. And my husband said, "Well, why don't we take the kids out there?" And they can, you know, train, they can um, practice shooting the gun and doing some of the obstacles for the tactical training. And then <laughs> I said, well, that would be cool, but I don't want them using all of our bullets. Let's save that for me. 
me and you and we'll do something else. <laughs> That's so funny. But it's is funny. that something, do they enjoy shooting? Do they hunt? They do. In fact, again, my husband's a big hunter, so they've all killed a deer, a turkey, um, and we, you know, we process our own meat. Sometimes yeah. we take it to a processor, but the, you know, we tell them you only kill what you're going to eat. Yeah. So if you're willing to pull that trigger, yeah. you're willing to clean it and we're going to eat it type thing. Wow. Um, so yeah, they're, they're familiar with guns. They grew up around guns, but when it comes to the, to the whole tactical thing, I guess I'm greedy. I just want to keep that for me and my husband. <laughs> I love, Hey, that's, Hey, that's okay. That is something that you guys do together. I love it. We do not go to our shooting range, but my husband and I do hot yoga together four to five days a week. So I think it's so important that no matter, and we walk the dog. I used to walk, I used to walk our dog just by myself because it was my time every single morning to listen to a podcast. Um, but he started, we just don't have that much time, right? There's only so much time in a day and he's working, I'm working. And so we walk in the morning and and do hot yoga. So always, always welcome to have, you know, have the kids come, but, um, but it is nice to just have that kind of be our thing too. Yeah. Now are you, right. um, yeah. Yeah. Are, are your parents still alive? Yes, they are. Okay. Are you are you close with them and do you live close to them? Well, we live about an hour away from them. Okay. Um, but unfortunately I'm not that close to them. Mm-hmm. Um just because it's, you know, um, I love them and they've taught me so many things about life. Mm-hmm. But then also there's that I realize, you know, I I don't want to be a part of that. Or, you know, when it comes to me being a competitive athlete, they've never really been supportive of that. And I understand that they look at it from a different point of view because they don't, you know, they've never been into sports. They've never watched sports. They've never participated in sports. And so I remember one time I was training for my first ultra with Spartan. And I had been putting in so many miles because it was over 30 miles about how many obstacles and the morning of the race, it was in November. So it was very cold here in South Carolina. Um, I was super excited about it. And the morning of the race, my mom sends me a message and goes, do you really feel like this is what you need to be doing? Do you really need to be putting yourself out there? Do you? And I'm just thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm about to hit this race course in an hour. And she's put all this doubt in my head. Oh my gosh. You know, or when we, when I race, when I train, I have on a sports bra and spandex shorts. Mm-hmm. And that's what most of the women race. Yeah. Just because if you get it wet, it yeah. dies quickly. You don't need loose hanging clothes. And my mom would send me messages of, I can't believe you're wearing that. I can't believe you're showing that much of your body. What type of example are you setting for your daughters? I understand my mother does not see it from my point of view, but at the same time, I'm setting a good example. I'm setting a good example to take care of yourself. I'm setting a good example to have drive and grit and discipline and all those things. And anytime that I may be around them and I mention a race, they get completely silent. Don't ask me, how did it go? Don't ask me about, they get completely silent. Wow. And to me, that just really hurts. Like, 
you may not agree with how I dress, but I'm out here and doing something. And at 46, I feel great. I feel great. I look good. You know, my mom used to say to me when I was younger and we would go walking in the afternoons, she would laugh and she would be like, (laughs) I've had two children. I want to see what you look like after you've had children. And so many times, and if she happens to listen to this, I want to say, guess what? I've had four kids. I've had four kids. I look good. I feel good. You know, Um, and part of me does have hurt because I just don't understand and um, don't support. Don't ask, you know, and just other things that have gone on in, in our life and our dynamics. I just personally choose that. I can love them from afar. Mm-hmm. I can respect far, but I don't have to put myself in the presence of them yeah. on a frequent basis because it doesn't necessarily bring out the best in me. Yeah. And my husband told me that years ago, he said, every time you're around them, it affects our entire family for a week. Yeah. I'm like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And then I realized, oh my gosh. I'm taking out a lot of that negative that's in my mother and father's relationship on my husband and my family. And I don't want to do that. Again, I love my parents. They have taught so much. Mm -hmm. Um, But as a grown adult, I can choose to love them from afar. Yeah, I think that's really hard. It's really, yeah, that it's, it's, it's really hard to, um, set boundaries. And, um, you know, I, I love my parents too. And now we're sort of role reversal because of the, you know, my mom, my dad's physical state is bad, but my mom's mental state is not great. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to visit as, as much as I can, but with other people in my life, it's, you know, I think when you grow so much as a person and you really work on yourself and you really want to be a positive force in your life and other people's life, you got it. Sometimes you got to cut, cut some of that negativity out and that's your family. Those are your parents. That's really, really hard, but it's, it's necessary. Right. Right. And, and I've been, you know, my father was in the hospital earlier this year and my sister and I, every week we took turns staying with him. You know, I'd stay three and four days at a time, not getting much sleep, go to work. My sister would take her turn. We were the, I am there for them, but I just, um, I can't be that every day, yeah. every holiday. It just, it really drains me. Even walking yeah. into their home, I get this feeling over me like, I, I need to leave. I need to leave right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think it's as hard as the decision is. It sounds like it's a good one. Um, so we've been on a long time, so I don't want to keep you too much longer, but you mentioned work. Do you, do you work outside the house and outside of being a professional athlete or is this your full-time job? Yes. So I am actually a dental hygienist. I've been okay, in the I wasn't dental field for 29 years. I wasn't sure if you yes. were still practicing. I, we didn't, we did, you, you talked about going to school for it and then um, we didn't get there. So, okay. Yeah. So, and with that, the last 17 years, I just have been contracting myself out. Um, So when our kids were younger, I missed out on so much of my oldest son's 
life when he was young because I was working so much in college and, you know, just stuff that um, when my husband and I were talking about getting married, I said, look, I don't care if I've got to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I want to be a safe home mom. I want to be there for our kids. And so um, with each child, I worked from four days to three days to two days okay. <laughs> to eventually I was staying at home full time. And I just did not want to lose my dental hygiene license. And you have to work, you know, so many hours a year, keep that license to you know, okay. um, keep your continuing education. And so 17 years ago, I thought, well, I'll just contract myself out. That way I can work bare minimum, but be yeah. home with the kids. And so I was filling here and there. And then now that the kids are older, I'm working more and filling in more. And it's just, it's really been great for us to have that flexibility. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, especially, you know, I mean, you're off to these races all the time. So it's nice that it's nice to to be able to do that. I mean, you're, you're living the life. I mean, you're getting to do what you love and, um, I'm sure that it's kind of nice to be able to keep that dental hygienist thing up. And I mean, yeah, it's just, that's, that's cool. That's cool. I think that that's a field that, um, you know, I, I don't know if it's, if it's a field that less and less, fewer people are going into, but it sounds like it would be a really, a really great one. Yeah. Right now there is a high demand. I think I could work six days a week if I wanted to, I'm constantly getting calls to go and, um, I've, there's one office I've been filling in for since December and they're having the hardest time finding a hygienist. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, can you just work for me until May when a new um, class graduates in the dental hygiene program? Oh. And get, So it's just, and he's not the only office. So many offices yeah. are called. So I would say this year I have worked more than I've worked in the last 17 years. Oh my gosh. Wow. It's so, so busy. But yeah. on the flip of that, our, you know, our two oldest daughters have their vehicles, they can drive, so they don't yeah. need to pick them yeah. up. And so it does yeah. give me more flexibility to be able yeah. to work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know. I think our dentist only has a hygienist like once or twice a week. So I feel like that that's where, you know, it's it, you, people don't seem to be somewhere five days a week full time, at least not, not that I've experienced here. So anyway, um, like I said, I've kept you on for a long time. I am so thrilled that you came on again. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Everyone needs to follow you. Happy, healthy mommy of four, right? Right. Mama right. four, right. Um, and I'll put that all in the show notes. But um, yeah, everyone needs to hear your story. Grit, determination. I mean, I, I literally, when I asked you to come on the podcast, I had no idea that you were a, a teenage mom. That is pretty extraordinary. Um, it just, wow. <laughs> and, uh, and like you said, you came from a small town. I'm sure it wasn't as widely accepted. Um, you know, we had, we had a couple of teen pregnancies in my high school too. And it was, yeah, it was, it was definitely, uh, it was a hard situation to, for them and their parents and, and all of that. So um, I have just a great, great deal of respect for you. And I just think you're an incredible person and awesome. really, really just a, a force and a light that everyone um, needs to, if you're having a bad day, like go to Wendy's page because on Instagram, <laughs> because you will just smile and feel good. Um, and you are, it is just, it's a real testament to, 
you know, it's kind of like telling someone, well, what do I do? Let's say that someone's like severely obese and overweight. It's just go walk down, walk down the driveway and back once a day or once in the morning and once at night. And then maybe you walk it and you make it halfway down the street. And then the next day it's down to the end of the street. And maybe then it's around the block. Just, I think we all want things right now, right now, right now. I want it right now. But if you look at you, you were like, I literally have 30 minutes. I'm going to take it where I can get it. And, you know, it's just bit by bit. And, you know, things take patience. um, But you are definitely a a true testament to if you just just keep at it and make yourself a priority. You have to. It's so true. You were talking earlier about filling our cups. I think as people in general, but especially mothers and wives, we have so much on our plate that there's many times we put ourselves last. Yeah. Intentionally, unintentionally, we just, we got to get things done. Yeah. And we take care of ourselves. And when our cups are empty, we feel taken for granted. We feel worn out. We feel tired. We feel... And so we've got to take care of ourselves first. And I used to think it was selfish, but it's not. I consider it like my daily medication for me to break a sweat, to get my training in. I'm a better person. I'm a better, and I'm setting a good example. Mm -hmm. Um, But like you said, when I first started running, even people who ran 5Ks, you know, that's 3.1 miles. I'm like, you've run three miles? (laughs) Like, seriously? Like, that's And so when I first started getting those 30 minute times in the afternoon, you know, I'm always been a fast power walker, but my walk would turn into, you know what? I think I could jog to that piece of trash on the road. Mm. And then the next day I would be like, yesterday I made it that piece of trash. I'm going to make it two steps past that today. And that just, just built from there to where this past weekend on Saturday, I had a race in West Virginia. It was over 14 miles, like 4,000 foot elevation. And I do it without second thought and went back for another race on Sunday. You know, it's like wild. So like you said, it just builds, like just go a little bit further. And over time, you're like, wow, you know, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, and tell me if you would say this, I mean, speak up for what you need. Don't be afraid to talk to your spouse and push a little bit, right? Um, because, and, and the same goes either side, husband, wife, wife, husband, whatever it is, right? We need to be open and really, really listen and listen to, to what the other person needs. You might not completely understand it, but if that person is telling you that this is something that it's not just going to fill their cup, it's, it's going to save them. Their, their kind of their life depends on it, then, you know, communi- communication and listening. Would you say that? Oh, I say communication as such a huge factor, but not only communication, but make sure, like you said, you're listening. Because, yeah. you know, for years I felt like I was communicating, communicating with my husband, mm-hmm. but he wasn't. And he's just kind of like, okay, whatever, whatever. So now he's actually become a better listener. Cause he's like, Oh, that really hurt you. Like I never thought I'm like, yeah, like at the time I just, that hurt so bad. And I would lay in bed and cry at night, you know, and he didn't know that. So communicating and listening and trying to, I always tell, you know, my kids, I tell other people, you know, if there was an accident at a stoplight, 
Mm-hmm. There's four different viewpoints of that accident of the intersection. You know, I may see it one way, this person here may. There's always different viewpoints. So sometimes we can get, you know, defensive with, well, why did so-and-so do that? I can't believe they did that. I've been so guilty of that. But then I try to step back and think, well, Wendy, from their viewpoint and from their lens, they were looking at it from a totally different perspective. Yep. And when we think of it that way, it's like, okay, well, maybe there is a good reason why they said that or acted that way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you want you want to say to anyone out there? Oh, this has been a pleasure. I feel like we could talk all day. All day. I know. Go by so fast. And I, I just enjoyed talking to you. And thank you for just let me share part of my life with you. I appreciate oh, it. Thank. Oh my gosh. Please. Thank you. The uh, the honor is certainly certainly all mine. So um, I'm going to say goodbye. But hang on for a second. I'm going to stop recording. So thanks again. Okay.